Thanks so much for being here this morning and uh, coming to Outward Church uh, on Valentine's Day. I know there's lots of fun things to do this morning on this day. I'm not sure what you do on Valentine's morn, but uh, we're glad that you're here anyway. And so um, we are Outward Church, and my name is Matt. I'm the lead teaching pastor, Pastor Vision, uh, here as well. And so uh, what we do is we want to love Jesus and live outward. That's what we do in our city. Uh, we love Jesus, we come together, we celebrate him, and as a result, we go out and we live outward in our city. And what that means is simply this, that we want to make our city better because of what Jesus has done for us, because Jesus has forgiven us, because Jesus is everything to us. What that means is this, is that we can go into our city and that we can be people of, of light. We can bring good news to our city. We can bring healing to our city. We can bring love to our city. One of the ways that we're doing that is through Richmond Elementary. We have a presence there at Richmond Elementary, and it is growing. Uh, this week, the Richmond Backpack Program is beginning, and what that is is essentially feeding children who would not otherwise eat uh, over the weekend. And so some of you have been in those situations before uh, as a child, and so uh, I, I just want to encourage you to hop on board and be a part of this because it's a pretty sad thing to know that a kid has not had a meal uh, all weekend. And so what we're doing is that we're providing food. The school is providing the backpacks. And so we've had a ton of people already bring food this coming week. But I just got to tell you that this is an ongoing need that will be going throughout the rest of the school year. And we will be serving Richmond Elementary uh, in this area as well as some others. And so you can find out more as to how you can be a part of that. We especially need food donations on an ongoing basis. And so when you're at the grocery store, here's a great way to live outward. Uh, what this means is that when you're buying food for yourself, you have to understand that uh, we're going to talk in, in, in a little bit about how Jesus is the bread of life. Jesus is your bread. He's your spiritual bread. And so we can give literal bread to kids who need it. And so what this means is that because Jesus sacrificed himself, what this means is that when I'm at the grocery store even, I get to sacrifice myself for my city. We make our community better because Jesus is in us. And he's a part of us. And so you can be a part of that. You can find out more at uh, Connect Central is what we're calling that now. And coincidentally, if you would like to connect here at Outward Church, that's the first place to begin. Or you can just talk to one of us. But that would be one of the best places for you to begin, to find out how to serve, how to be a part of what's going on here at Outward Church. And then secondly, uh, we have a membership class. I believe my wife uh, probably mentioned this uh, a little bit earlier, but membership class that will be happening on February 28th. If you want to find out more about what it means to be a part of Outward Church and say, I'm here, I'm a part of this thing, I'm, I am for this church and I want this church to be for me, uh, then this is the, the best place to begin is February 28th and we'll have sign-ups for that soon. We're going to start a new series today. We just wrapped up James uh, talking about uh, don't follow your heart. And uh, over the next several weeks between now and Easter, what we're going to be talking about is uh, the end game. Uh, our life, our, our, our purpose, and what we're calling the series Endgame, Life with Purpose, because essentially what we want to get down to is we want to get down to what is our life purpose? What's our endgame, and how does that match up with who God is? What is your purpose in life? Do you have meaning in your life? If you really stop to think about it for a minute, do you, would you, do you really think that you have meaning? Do you really you think that you have uh, what it takes to go through life, 
because there's many, many uh, philosophers and deep-thinking people that have come to the conclusion that life is meaningless in some ways. In fact, we talked about uh, Song of Solomon. Solomon, the greatest king that ever lived, comes down to this end point, which is life is meaningless without God. That's what he came down to. But oftentimes we don't think about this uh, very much because we're very much into what we're doing uh, day in and day out. We're very much into this, the idea of amusement, being amused by our life and by the things that are going on around us. We have Netflix programs uh, that, that we can watch over and over again, and I'm one of them. Uh, I mean, me and my wife get sucked into some of these uh, shows at times, and so there's binge watching. And so you go from show to show to show in a single night, and what happens is this, is that when our life is consisting of constant entertainment and amusement, it never affords us the opportunity to really sit down and think and say, do I have meaning in life? What, is, what does my life mean? What is it adding up to? What is my purpose in life? Have you ever been there? Have you ever been there? Like I said, there's been many philosophers uh, and, and people who are very deep thinkers who have kind of come to the conclusion that life is meaningless. And in fact, Leo Tol Tolstoy was one of those. He had come to a very dark place in his life, and he had come to this conclusion and he said this, he said, it's possible to live uh, as long as life intoxicates. As long as life is good, as long as there's a Netflix program, as long as, the, he didn't have Netflix, but as long as there is something to amuse myself with, as long as life intoxicates us, but once we are sober, we cannot help seeing it's all a delusion. It's all a delusion. There's nothing funny or witty, witty about it at all. It's only cruel and stupid. Hello. That is God calling you. That is God calling you. Somebody gets a phone call in here right about this time every sermon. So, uh, but uh, I, I'm so glad that someone likes you and they're calling you. So whoever that is, blessings on you. Uh, let's see here. Okay, I was talking about Tolstoy. It, it's possible to live as long as life intoxicates, but it's all a delusion, he says. There's nothing funny or witty about it at all. It's only cruel and stupid. This is where this guy had gotten, where he said, life is completely meaningless because I was working for complete freedom. I wanted complete freedom in my life to make my own choices, to do my own thing, to do whatever I wanted. But at the end of the day, if you come to complete freedom, and what you have to come down to is this, is that you have to believe that there's no meaning in life. If you have complete freedom to do whatever you want, then that means that everybody has complete freedom to do whatever they want. And that means this, that there is no accountability for anything that anybody does. There's no meaning in life unless there's some type of moral law, unless there's some type of moral law giver. But we don't want to go there very often because of this, because it can shake us to our core. To say, what is my life really built on? What is my life really, what's the foundational element of who I am? How, what, what dictates the things in my life? Do I have complete freedom to do whatever I want? Or am I somebody who is submitting to God and saying that God is everything to me? And that's the question that we have to ask. Because when you find the purpose, when you find the reason for an object, you find its purpose. When you find the reason for 
life. When you find the reason for life, you find life with purpose. And many of us, if you grew up in the, in the Christian church or you've been going to church for any amount of time, the reality is this, is that you may think that somehow you have purpose in your life, but your life is very much tied to the things in your life, the things of life, the things that you're excited about. I do it all the time. Whether it's, it's my wife and kids and living for them and the things that we, that we have in life or the places that we're going. It might be your career or your performance or the, the things that you have. But honestly, many of us have a faith that lives in that world. Our life is built on these things. It's built on these supplemental things in life. But then something's going to happen at some point in life, and it's going to shake you to your core, and you're going to come to this place where you say, my performance was not good enough, and now I have nothing to live for. My family fell apart, and now I have nothing to live for. My life fell apart, and now I have nothing to live for. Why is that? Why is that? It's because oftentimes we are so amused by the things around us. We're so amused by the things that we have going on that ultimately we're not looking in the right place. We're never really thinking about it. We're never really thinking about what God has for us. What we want to talk about over the next few weeks is this, is that we want to talk about what it looks like to actually have meaning and purpose in your life. Because too often what's taking place is that we're trying to fit Jesus into our life rather than fitting our life into Jesus. We want a little bit of Jesus. We're like a, a NASCAR driver, and we've got a sticker that says Jesus or whatever church that we attend or some type of attitude or action that says, like, I'm, I'm a Christian, and it's a sticker on the car that we race in. But the truth is this, is that Jesus wants you to understand something, that that cannot be the foundational principle of your life. You cannot have morality as a sticker, you cannot have church attendance as a sticker. You cannot have uh, a good life, a good family, or anything. Your life has got to be in Christ. You cannot have Christ as a part of just in your life. Your life has got to be in Christ. It has to be fit inside of him. And that's what the scriptures are saying. Many, many philosophers have said, what is the reason for life? What's the purpose behind it? And they come to nothing and they say, it's meaningless. But ultimately, Jesus provides us something that we may not expect. Jesus provides us something that you may not see in your life. In my own life, as I've uh, grown up over the years, I'm almost 40, by the way. This year, I turned 40. I know I don't look like it. I'm so young and strapping, but, I, uh, but I, I'm turning 40 this year. And so I, I have gone through some uh, crises in my life. I've gone through some difficult circumstances. And there's been times in my life where I've sat back and I've thought, like, what is the meaning behind what I'm doing? Why am I doing what I'm doing? And we're talking about doing uh, ministry, uh, being a pastor, preaching, being a part of these things. Why am I doing what I'm doing? What's, what's going on with me? How am I supposed to get along in life, and it's become so easy at times to lose focus, to lose my ultimate focus. 
And so at times I've had to go to, to mentors and friends and say, I'm, I'm, I'm struggling with this and I'm, and, I'm, and I'm trying to find purpose in this. And so they've said, Matt, you have lost your ultimate focus in your job. And really in every area of life, what we find out is this, is that living with intentionality, when we focus on a particular area of our life, when we say, I'm going to focus on this, major athletes, successful people, they live, eat, uh, drink, breathe the thing that they're doing. And it's no different with all of life as it pertains to God. When you focus on something and you focus your entire life on this, what happens is this. What spits out the other side is purpose. This purpose. When you find the reason for your life, when you find the reason why you're doing things, you have this purpose that explodes out the other side. And why is that? Because there's a designer. And that designer knows why he's created you. He knows why he has created, created you. He knows for what purpose he has created you. And when you fall in line with that reason, then you will find purpose. If you look with me with, at uh, John chapter 1, verse 1, it says this. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made uh, that was made. We'll just stop right there. Now, what that verse is saying here is it's kind of shrouded. It's kind of weird. It's kind of hard to figure out. But what that is, is saying here is that in the beginning was this word. And one way to look at that would be to say that Jesus is the action of God. That Jesus is the embodiment of God, and so when God speaks, it happens. That's, it takes place. But really, when you look at this word and you dig deeply into what this word means, what it really means is this. The word, word, is this, is it means the reason. When philosophers in ancient times would talk about, they would talk about the word of life. What is the word of life? What's the reason behind life? What's the reason for this object? What's the reason for this activity? They would talk about the word. What is the word of this? What's the reason? What is the reason for the things that I'm doing? And so John comes on the scene and he says this. He says, in the beginning was the reason. The reason. Like John just comes right out of the gate and he says, in the beginning was the reason, like the reason, the big reason, the big thing, the ultimate purpose in life. What is life all about? The reason is Jesus. And here's why this is important. Now, your purpose in life cannot be an ethic. It cannot be just a thing that you do. It can't be a rule to live by. Because ultimately what Jesus says is that you've got to be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. If you want to fulfill everything that God wants from you. And so what, here's the problem with saying, I'm going to live morally. I'm going to do unto others as I would have them do unto me. Here's the problem with trying to live morally without Jesus. 
Here's the problem with just trying to live a good life. And that is this, that you can't do it. You can't even live by your own standard. I can't live by my own standard. If we were to hang a tape recorder around my neck throughout the week, and uh, we would probably pause it while I'm driving, but uh, if we hung a, a, a recorder around my neck, and we walked around, by the end of the week, if you, if you were to listen to everything that I said, you should not do this, you, you should stop doing that, you should start doing this, I could not even live by my own standard, and neither could you. Neither could you. So living for yourself and living by your own ethic won't do. Here's the thing about Jesus, is that Jesus is not just a way, he's not, he's not just a teaching. Christianity isn't a teaching that you live by, it is a person. Christianity is a person. In the beginning was the reason, and the reason was with God, and the reason was God. He was in the beginning with God. Jesus is the reason. And so in order for you to understand life and to be able to say, okay, I have meaning and I have purpose and I have uh, something in life that I'm shooting for that's going to be everlasting, that's never going to end, it's never going to leave me dry. In order to do that, what you have to do is you have to look at Jesus Christ, the person of Jesus Christ. And let me be clear here. It can't just be God because what God are we talking about? It, it, it can't just be uh, this deity. It can't just be a recognition that there might be a God. It is personally through Jesus. Let me show you why. Through a couple of I am statements, or f through a few, I should say. John chapter 6, verse 24. Jesus has uh, just fed 5,000 people. And these people come after him, and they want more. They want more. They want more of this. And so they see this, this incredible thing happen, and, and Jesus feeds 5,000 people out of nothing. If you can imagine during that day, like, there is not a lot of food. There's not a lot of good ways to provide that. And so they're saying, this guy has food. And Jesus says to them in verse 26 of chapter 6 in John, he says, Truly, truly, I say to you, you are are seeking me, not because you saw signs, but because you ate your fill of the loaves. Do not work for the food uh, that perishes, but work for the food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give to you. For on him, God the Father has set his seal. And then he says this. He says, verse 29, Jesus answered them, this is the work of God that you believe in him whom he has sent. Now, what does that mean? It means this, that when we come to Jesus and we say, I want you to fulfill me. I want you to fulfill me. I want you to make things right in my life. I want to have meaning and I want to have purpose. And too often what that translates into this is in, into this. And that is that when I come to Jesus, what I want is I want him to give me the things that fill me physically. I want him to make my life better. I want him to give me the things that I, that I, that I think that I need. And I want to have these things. But what's really taking place is that I just want him to give me what I want and that's all. I want a little bit of Jesus. I want to fit him into my life. I want to, I want to make that happen. I've got a sticker on my car and that's it. 
But what Jesus is saying is this. He's saying, you, you cannot work for the food that perishes. If you're after God and you're going after God because you just want something from him, you've got to understand something. That's not going to give you ultimate purpose. If you want God to just heal your marriage, that's not going to give you purpose. That's working for the food that perishes. If you want, he can heal your marriage, but that's not the only thing that he can do. If you want God to provide for you in different ways, he may do that. But ultimately, you cannot, you cannot have a little bit of Jesus and hope that I'm just going to get things from him. Jesus says, don't work for the food that perishes. So what does that mean? He's, he's the reason for life. How do I apply this to my life? He says, verse 29, this is the work of God that you believe in him whom he has sent. What's that mean? It's God's work in your life. It's God working in you to say, you believe in Jesus Christ. God comes into inside of your life. He comes into your, your body. He comes into your mind and he asserts the truth that Jesus is everything. And then he says this in verse 35. He says, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. But here's the problem. Some of you don't even sense the need to pray for the spiritual bread of Jesus Christ because of this because you've been amused, because you're inundated by entertainment, because of all of the other things in your life, life has intoxicated you. And the only thing it's gonna take is for life to fall apart. And you will sober up and you will say, he didn't give me the bread that I wanted. But the problem is you don't understand the bread that you need. Jesus gives the bread that we need in our lives. He gives us himself. It's not just a teaching, it's a person. It's the person of Jesus Christ. He gives himself to us. Let's go on to another one. How do we see him as the reason of life? How does that come true in our lives? He says in John 7, 37, on the last day of the feast, the, the great day, Jesus stood up and cried out, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. And what's this look like? This looks like this. I am thirsting for life. I'm just, I'm just kind of a little bit thirsty, like nothing's really panning out. Nothing's really uh, working out. And I keep going after things, and I keep going after things, and I keep going after things. And it's not so much about physical needs, but it's just about this need to have fulfillment in my life and meaning in my life. And Jesus says, whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. He's essentially saying that he is the provider of living water. He comes in and he brings meaning. He brings purpose. He brings life into your life that ultimately allows you to see what the whole end game is. John 8, 12. Jesus, uh, again, spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk, walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Jesus says that he is 
the light of life. Now, I don't know about you. I don't know if you've ever felt like you're walking around in darkness. Like I just, I keep going through life and I keep just kind of seeing darkness and I'm not ever like alive in my spirit. And I just, I, I feel like there's this darkness over me. I've talked to many people like this where it's, they, they come down to the end of this conversation and they're just like, it's just darkness. It's just darkness. They talk about depression that way and they say, I, I just, I'm just depressed all the time. And so many times we're intoxicated, not all the time, but so many times we're intoxicated by everything that the pharmacist provides, by everything that we can put into our body. We want the light of life. We want life to feel better. We want life to feel good. And so what we do is we intoxicate ourselves with something that will numb the pain of life feeling like it has no meaning. It is no coincidence that our country has a drug use rate higher than anywhere. It is no coincidence because of this, because we've had everything, and yet nothing is satisfying. We've had everything, and yet we still struggle with uh, depression. We still struggle with uh, the, the struggles of life and trying to feel, it, feel like I have meaning. Yet Jesus says, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. This is not to say that Jesus automatically heals depression. That it doesn't mean this. It doesn't mean that Christians can't be depressed or Christians can't have problems. It means this. It means that when Christians have problems, when Christians have depression, when Christians are in this, this morass of, of just life that they just can't seem to get out of, what Jesus is saying and what he's promising is he's saying, I am your light. I'm the one that can bring illumination to your life. I am the one who can allow you to see. I am the one who's able to do this. Because of this, I am the reason behind your life. I'm the reason behind your life. Would you stop treating me like I'm a sticker? Would you start treating me as though you've gotten into my car? as though you're in me. He says in John 10, 7, he says, so Jesus said again to them, truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. He says again in verse 11 from John 10, I am the good shepherd. Now what, what's that saying? It's saying this. He's saying that there's only one way to God. Jesus says, you can try all day long to find a teaching. You can try all day long to find a way to God. You can try your entire life. You can look for anything that you want. You can even like Christianity. You can like God. But Jesus says, I am the door of the sheep. And what's that mean? He's the one. You go through Jesus to get to God. You go through Jesus to get to God. I, and then he says, I am the good shepherd. I'm the one who's watching over you. I'm the one who's caring for you. He says in John 10, 10, uh, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. And what's the thief? What's stealing from your life? What's taking from you? It's the idea that somehow the things in your life are somehow going to make things better. It, it's saying this, that somehow your job is going to fulfill you or that, or that porn or something else is, or drugs or some type of 
lifestyle is going to fulfill you. Jesus says, I am the door. You have to come through me. You cannot have a little bit of me. You have to go through me. I'm the one who's going to care for you. But too often, we're so amused. Too often, we have so many things going on in life that we cannot seem to find the reason for our living or the way to get to God. And we make false gods as a result. We try to get to God in that way. He says in John eleven twenty five, 25, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? Jesus says that we need resurrection in our lives. We, we've got to have a resurrection from where we are. When we're in darkness, when we're in the midst of life and we're like, we're falling apart, the thing that you and I are feeling in those instances is death. We're sensing spiritual death in life. We're sensing a death that is coming over us. And we're saying, I, I don't know what to do about this. Life feels meaningless, and yet I have all of these feelings that are going on, and I don't know what to do with that. And Jesus says, I am the resurrection. I'm the one who's going to resurrect the things in life. I'm going to make all of the sad things come untrue. Everything at, at the end of life Everything that was sad is going to come untrue because Jesus is the resurrection. He's going to rectify everything horrible that's ever happened. He's going to rectify all things. Yes, that's a good, that's a good. Yay. He's going to rectify all things. So we can look through your life and through my life, and we can say this. We can say I'm not sure that I believe in God because I've had some really horrible things happen to me. No doubt there are many of you in here who are dealing with some horrible things. Abuse, neglect, a husband that's been hurtful, a wife that's been hurtful, people who have died. Jesus says, I'm the resurrection. Now, why is that important? Because I need to find a reason as to why this should ever take place. Why would God ever allow that? And Jesus, he doesn't tell us exactly why, but he says, I am the reason, and I am going to resurrect all things, and I'm, I'm going to make them right. I'm going to make them right. Jesus promises that as the reason for life, he is going to resurrect all things. John 14, verse 6, Jesus says, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. From now on, you do know me, uh, do, do know him and have seen him. And what Jesus is saying is he's saying, if you've seen me, then you've seen the Father. If you've seen Jesus, if you look to Jesus, then you're seeing God. And so what that means is this, is that a life that is not built on and in Jesus Christ isn't seeing God. Jesus says, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. I am the the way to God. I'm the truth about the way that life was put together. 
and I'm the life. Now, many of us think that somehow we need a little bit of God, but really, you need all of Jesus. You need all of Jesus. And then lastly is this, John 15. Jesus says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Now, if you take for just a second, Jesus says, I am the true vine. My Father is the one who's taking care of this vineyard, if you will. And then he says, every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it may, uh, uh, that it may bear more fruit. He says, already you are clean because of the word that I've spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Now what's that saying? It's saying this. It's saying that, listen, the way that life was intended to work is that God is the vine dresser of this vineyard. And here's Jesus, and he is the vine. And he's saying this. He's saying, attach yourself. Attach your life. Attach your hopes. Attach your dreams. Everything to me. Because until you do that, until I am the vine where you get sustenance, until you're getting your nutrients from me and you're abiding in me, meaning you are in me, you're living in me, you're hearing from me, you're talking with me, that's when you bear fruit. Now, what's this idea of bearing fruit? When you're looking for purpose in life, the reason why you're looking for purpose in life is you're saying, what am I supposed to do? What, what is the reason behind my life? And Jesus says this, when you attach your life to him, when you're receiving nutrients from him, do you know what takes place? Is that you bear fruit in life. There's stuff that's gonna come out of you that you didn't know you had. There's, there's good things that are going to take place that you had no idea were going to take place. There's a mission, a vision, a passion that comes over people who see Jesus is the reason for my life. He is the way, the truth, and the life. He's the way to God. He's the bread. He's the living water. He's everything to me. I get my nutrients from him. And as a result, what happens is this, is my life is fruitful. Because of this, my priorities have been rearranged. And no longer am I going after performance or success or marriage or kids. No longer am I going after things here and now, but I'm going after God. And so what this means is that when I have my focus correct on the creator God, the fruit of my life through my marriage is awesome. The fruit of my life through my kids is fantastic. The fruit of my life through my work is incredible. He allows us to bear much fruit when we're plugged in to him and when we realize that he's the reason for our life. And here's the problem is that many of us yet either we're too intoxicated 
to feel it or we know. We're too intoxicated, and as a result, what's taking place is this, is that I'm high on life, life is going well. Some of you have great jobs, and things are going along fine. And what's taking place is this, is that there's not a sense that you need God. You don't need a reason for living because your reason for living is really helping you right now. You're doing just fine. But it can't bear the weight. It can't bear the weight of your life. It can't last forever. And some of you have come to the conclusion because life isn't working for you that life is meaningless. And a meaningless life and a purposeless life points to one thing, that Jesus is not your logos. And Jesus is not your bread. And Jesus is not your water. And Jesus is not your way. And he's not your truth. And he's not your life. And what takes place is a lack of fruit in your and my life because of that. God's end game has a deep and passionate group of people behind it because their life is built on Jesus as the reason for life. And we want to talk over the next several weeks about what it looks like to live according to his end game what it looks like to live according to what he has planned so that we have purpose in life because every single bit of it is built on Jesus Christ. So I want to unpack for you over the next several weeks what it looks like to have your life fully dependent and built on Jesus Christ as your reason for even existence. Your reason for existence being Jesus Christ and what that will do in your life and in our city. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I pray uh, for those of us here this morning that do not have a sense of your power in their lives. Lord, we know that this is a work of God, that this is your work in our hearts. Lord, we can try all day to manufacture spirituality, but ultimately you're the only one that can produce this in our lives. And so, Lord, I pray for uh, all of us here. Lord, for those that would say, I want to know the reason for life in a way that, I've never, that I never have before. Lord, we're praying for an awakening at Outward Church, a revival of sorts that comes as a result of your power in our lives. Lord, we're praying that by the power of your Spirit that you would wake us up and that things that we've heard for years and years may all of a sudden make sense in a whole new way, that your truth would drop into our hearts in a way that, that all of a sudden we can believe. Lord, I pray for people that call themselves Christians. And Lord, they're not trying to do anything wrong per se, but they're just, they're just missing it. They still feel meaningless. They still feel like they're just in the midst of a religion and, and they're not sure why they grew up in this thing God I want to pray for them I want to pray for the college student that's in the midst of school that their faith has never become their own I want to pray for them that God by the power of your spirit you'd awaken them that Lord they don't they wouldn't need to travel into the depths of doubt or into the depths of depravity and sin and walking away from you before they find you but Lord that you would call them to yourself 
Lord, we pray for the family man here this morning that's struggling to understand whether he really wants to follow you. And Lord, I pray for that guy. I pray for him that, Lord, you would open up his eyes, that you would be the light of life in him, that he'd all of a sudden see the reality that you are the reason behind life. Lord, for those who are single in here today, Lord, I pray that they would not depend, that they would not depend and associate your goodness with just finding a spouse or with just finding happiness or companionship. God, I pray that they'd find that deeply in the nutrients that are you, that you are the vine that we attach ourselves to. Lord, we pray for this. We pray for this. It's in your name.